Thank you all again for uh, coming out this morning. Really glad that you're with us. I think we have some folks uh, who are not here at Bethel on a regular basis. Thank you for your attendance. And we are very glad that you're with us this morning. We'd love to have you every time that you can come. Most of you probably know that I am trying to recover from pneumonia. I really want to preach today. I really want to. I appreciate the men who have covered for me uh, the last uh, couple of weeks. I, I believe if I can, uh, if, if you ever hear me preach, then you know I get excited up here. I get uh, overly excited sometimes, and when I do, I, I preach too fast and preach too loud. <clears throat> I've got to restrain myself today, and... Uh, and speak slower and uh, not get so excited, and I believe I can make it make it through this. I'm going to try my best. Let me give you uh, some verses uh, for those of you who like to follow along. The first two passages that we're going to read today are from Second Corinthians. Actually, I'm going to to recite these passages. Second Corinthians chapter five. And then Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6, and those two will be uh, very close together in the message. Romans 14 and verse 12, Romans 14 and 12, Revelation 20 and verse, two, verse 12, Revelation 20 and 12. Uh, we'll be using those uh, just, uh, just shortly. We have a couple of more after that, and I will give them to you before we recite them. A Christian, after a good, honest look at themselves, will never really be satisfied. We're never really going to say that, that I've reached the top of the hill. I'm as good as I can be. There is no room for improvement in my, in my life. We're, we're, just, we're just not going to do that. Now it's not that you're not good people because you are. In fact, you're the you're the best people I've ever known uh, in my life. But there's always things that we shouldn't do and yet we find ourselves sometimes doing those things anyway. There's things that we should do and we don't. There's things that we're doing but we ought to be doing those things better. We, we should always be trying to, to improve and, and, and do better as, as a Christian. And sometimes, sometimes we, we just level off and we stop trying to do better. How many times have you heard someone say, and I dare say that you've said this yourself a few times, if I could go back and do that again, I would do better this time. I'm embarrassed to say that I can think of a number of instances in my life that I really do wish I could go back and, and do them over again. Well, well, the gospel cannot give us the years back, but it can allow us to to start over. The, the idea of the plan of salvation is that we can have our slate wiped clean and we can start over. In 2 Corinthians 5 
and in verse 17. The Apostle Paul says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If we are, are in Christ, if we are a Christian, then we have started a new life. When, when we obey the gospel, we repent of our past sins. We acknowledge our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We submit to water baptism for the remission of our sins. Then, then we start a brand new life at that time. As, as far as God is concerned, we're starting all over right then and there. But that new life calls us out of the world. Again in the book of 2 Corinthians, this time in chapter 6, in verses 17 and 18, the Apostle Paul is the writer here, but he actually quotes from the, the prophet Isaiah, and he says, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the, the unclean thing, and I will be a father unto you. You'll be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, Paul is not saying here that we should withdraw from society, that we need to find us a, a cabin way out in the woods and just stay away from everybody else in the world. That's, that's not what he means here. What he, what he means is that a Christian living that new life that we're talking about is different from the world in general. Different in our way of life. Different in our habits. Different in our speech and, and the things that come out of our mouth. We are, we are different from the world in general. <clears throat> there are... <clears throat> I want to say this very kindly... There are lots of good, honest folks out there, really, really good people, who say that all we need to do to go to heaven is be a believer in Jesus Christ, ask Jesus to come into your heart, and then all we need to do is trust Jesus to take care of everything. If that were the case then Jesus would be responsible for our being saved or, or being lost. And, and what we did or, or didn't do would have no bearing on our salvation. But Paul tells us in Romans 14 and in verse 12, he says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And the Apostle John, this is, this is perhaps the best passage that, that I could use here. In Revelation chapter 20, the Apostle John is out there on the Isle of Patmos. He's been exiled there for preaching the gospel. And, and, and God allows him to have his revelation. And he's, John, is, John is looking into the future 
And in, and in chapter 20, he's actually seeing the judgment scenes. That, that's what John is allowed to see here in Revelation chapter 20. And in verse 12 of that chapter, John says, I saw the dead, smiling great, stand before God. Uh, books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. My friends, I say as, as, as kindly and politely as I can, we are responsible for ourselves. We are accountable for ourselves. What we do and, and, and what we don't do does matter. Hebrews 5 and verse 9 is a very short verse, but it tells us something that is really important. The Hebrew writer says there that Jesus became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. My friends, our our obedience to God's Word is necessary. Let us, let us not make the mistake of, of thinking that it doesn't matter what we do or what we don't do. Our obedience to God's Word is necessary if we want to spend eternity in heaven. <clears throat> So, if we are to be different after our new start, we've, 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 started, we've started this new life, we've, we've obeyed the gospel, we're, we're trying to, to live that, that Christian life, we've been born again by, by our repentance and our confession and our, our water baptism for the remission of, of our sins, we're, we're trying to to live that new life. How, how do we do it? How do we, how do we maintain? Look with me at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I, and I really want us to focus on verse 2. But let's go back to verse 1 and, and look at the whole thought here. In Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul is the writer here. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then in verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so Paul tells us, hey, you want to you live this new life? You want to you be a, a faithful member of the church? Well, you need to be transformed. Well, how do we do that? We do it by renewing our mind. Well, what does that mean? I believe that the idea is that we must... Continue to study the Word. No matter how long we have been in the church. 
no matter how long we have been living a Christian life, we must continue to study God's Word and renew our mind. I'm, I'm convinced that if you if you ask some of our older brothers and sisters, and I see uh, I see Jesse Mercer sitting uh, uh, right in right in front of me right now, and I know that that people like me, uh, some of you may be thinking, well, you you're one of you're 63 years old, T.A. You're one of those older people now, and you're and you're probably right, but I, I'm really referring to the generation even ahead of me and I and I know that I'm standing on their shoulders. I I was always raised to respect my elders. And in my day you would get your jaw smacked if you were disrespectful to to your to your elders. I, I learned to respect them at a very young age, but I didn't uh, I didn't get it until just the last ten to twenty years. And I understand now that I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of the generations that came before me. And I just have a ton of respect for our, our senior citizens now. And I believe that if you ask some of those men and women this very morning, right after service, if you ask them, are you still learning anything? I mean, you've been in church for... 50, 60, 70 years. How many sermons have you heard? Are, are you still learning? I believe they would, they would tell you that they're, they're still picking up on things that perhaps they didn't have a good, a good grasp of before. They're, they're, they're comprehending things in the Bible better than they ever have before. We, we must continue to study that word and and renew our mind. And for people like us, where we live, with the chances that we have, my friends, there's no excuse for us to be ignorant of the scriptures. And forgive me if I if I overstepped there. Maybe I was a little bit too straightforward when I said there is there is no excuse for us. But but think about it. Think about it, my friends. Where we are and and where we live. There are Bibles everywhere. There are Bibles all over the place. You need a Bible? Hey, somebody, somebody will give you one. We have a drawer back there in the, in the office that's, that's full of Bibles so that we can give them out to people who, who, who need a Bible. And, and we don't uh, ask to be reimbursed either. Uh, here, you need a Bible? Here you go. Free of charge. There are Bibles everywhere. You can listen to the Bible being read aloud on CDs. Get, get a Bible app on the phone that you've got in your pocket or your purse right now and you can hear the Bible read aloud on your phone anytime and anywhere. The, the Bible is just readily available 
to us. And so I, I say, uh, without trying to be a wise guy, if, if we don't know anything about the Bible, my friends, it's our fault. Where we are and where we live, it is our fault if we lack a knowledge of the Scriptures. In Matthew chapter 22, the Sadducees come to Jesus and they, and they have a question for him. Actually, they're trying, they're trying to trick Jesus. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And so they, they ask Jesus this question. They say, Teacher, there were seven brothers among us. The, the first brother uh, took a wife but he died without having any children. And so uh, the second brother took her as a wife. Uh, he also died without having any children. On, on to the seventh brother, they all had her as a wife. And so uh, uh, in the resurrection, which they didn't believe in, whose wife will she be? In verse 29 of that chapter, Jesus said to them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God. What was the problem there? Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures. In Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul is, is writing here about his fellow Israelites. We, we forget that Paul was a Jew, don't we? But, but, but by race, Paul was Jewish. And here in Romans 10, he's actually writing about his, his Jewish brothers. Uh, when he says uh, verses 1, 2, and 3 there, Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire... And prayer to God for Israel is, is that they might be saved. For I, I bear them record. Paul is just saying, I can verify this myself. I know it's true. I bear them record. They have a zeal for God. But not according to knowledge. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. They, they had a zeal for God. But my friends, they weren't doing it right. It wasn't that they were not believers. They were. It wasn't that they didn't have a, 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 a zeal. They, 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 they believed in God fervently. But my friends, they were not doing it right. God expects us to know His will. And there is no reason why we should not. I am not in any shape, form, or, or fashion this morning trying to tell you that you have to know everything about the Bible. Heaven, heaven is not reserved for those with, with great minds. If, if it were, T.A. Smith would, would have no chance of going there. But as a general rule, 
the New Testament is not hard to understand. The, the plan of salvation itself is not complicated at all. We just need to do what Paul told Timothy to do in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. Paul told Timothy to study, to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That, that's what we need to do. Even in our, in our day, study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing, that's very important, rightly dividing the word of truth. There, there are no shortcuts when it comes to renewing our mind. The, the word is readily available for us. It's, it's very accessible. Hey, hey, it's here. It, it's available to us. Uh, we, can, we can study it if we want to. But it takes a little bit of effort on our part to study that word, learn God's will, and put it into practice. Folks, that's on us. That's on us. Let us, let us not get the idea that there is nothing for us to do. That's on us. We must learn what God would have us to do and put it into practice. This morning as we offer the Lord's invitation, if you're not a Christian, I don't believe it's a lack of knowledge. I, I believe that the people who are sitting under this roof understand the plan of salvation and what you need to do to become a member of the Lord's body. We, we've discussed it uh, already, uh, just, just briefly. That is repentance of sins. I've, I've made mistakes in the past. My life has not been according to God's will. I'm going to do better. I'm, I'm going to make a change. I'm leaving that behind. I, I'm repenting of my sins confessing the name of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. I, I truly believe there's not a person sitting in this room who does not believe that Jesus is God's Son. We've got to be willing to acknowledge that. Yes, I am a believer. Yeah, I am. Immersion in the waters of baptism for the remission of our sins. That's where the blood of Jesus Christ will touch us and wash away our sins. We come up out of the waters of baptism, that new creature that, that we were talking about, that brand new person who's starting all over right then and, and right there. If you need to obey the gospel, we will help you get that done. Perhaps you have been a Christian at some point in your life, but just... For some reason, you have not been as faithful as you should have been. Well, well, you can fix it. If you're willing to repent of those things that caused you to stray and ask for the prayers of the faithful, you can be restored. You can do those things while we stand and sing.